Jesus shine through. Jesus shine through. All the praises that we sing for you, for you. All the one we want to.
But deep down in your heart, there's a troubling. And you know, you know you need a touch from God. I mean, you need something. You don't know if you would say it that way, I need a touch from God. But you know that there's something missing. There's a hole. And there's been a grasping as of recently to try to fill that hole with some different things that you know you shouldn't put your hand on. The Lord tonight wants to touch you. The Lord tonight wants to help you. God, by His Holy Spirit, wants to fill that hole. Wants to free you from your anxiety, from your nightmares, from the self-hatred and the overvoice of the enemy that would tell you that you're ugly, tell you that you're not worth anything, that you'll never accomplish anything, wants to liberate you. There's some, even tonight, that are struggling with self-hatred to the point of wanting to do themselves in. It's a demonic spirit. It's an assignment to try to take your life. It's not from God. Lord comes to give you life. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You'll find satisfaction in nothing else. There is no riches. Even for you married people, if you're trying to have your spouse fill that hole, I've got news for you. He or she cannot. It's not designed that way. Only God can. And then you can be a real good spouse. He wants to touch you. I want to open these altars. Just open up the front of this church. We call it an altar. But just the front here. If you, if that's you, you want prayer tonight. You want to experience the power of God. You need God to touch you to fill that hole or, or free you. Or maybe you want to stand in for somebody else. You know somebody who's really hurting and you want to stand in for them. Or maybe you just need to be healed yourself from some kind of infirmity or pain, sickness. If that's you, come right now. There's more that need to be up here. Yes. To bring into the holy of holies. To bring in by the blood of the Lamb. To bring into the holy. Take the call, touch my lips, here I Take me past the outer courts, into your holy place, past the brazen altar, Lord I want to see your face. By the crowds of people and priests who sing your praise, but I hunger and thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found in one place. Take me into the holy of holies, take me in by the blood of the Lamb. 
to them and you gave them a promise that if they would walk right before you and believe and walk in faith 
than they would change the nations of the earth. And more numerable would their offspring be than the stars of the sky. Father, you have given us precious promises as individuals and families, as well as corporately. I pray, O oh God, against a spirit of divorce. I command that foul assignment upon families to be broken. And I speak peace in the midst of the storm. I pray, O oh God, for husbands to be strong and Christ-like and loving to their wives. For wives, Lord, to have a revelation of respecting and honoring their husband. And together, Lord, that you would see children raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Come upon the families of this house. Lord, ignite fresh fire in marriages. Cause families to be strong. I pray for single mothers to be strengthened. For fathers to be strengthened. Single fathers. I pray for the orphan to be grafted into families. Though a father and mother forsake you, the Lord will take you on. I pray for healing for children who've been wounded, who've been rejected, who've been spurned and discarded, that you would heal them tonight. Those online, there's some people online, you're out there, I mean, you're married and you have like an orphan spirit. You just feel alone all the time. You feel rejected all the time. The Lord loves you. And He's breaking that off of you. Have a revelation of the love of God for you tonight. He wants to wrap His arms around you, hold you close, minister to you and give you everything that you need and help you. Be healed. Be free. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's pray one for another. Pastor Karen, come on, take someone's hand, won't you? Introduce yourself if you don't know them. Lord, we thank you. Lord, that you're the answer to every human need. Lord, and we linger in your presence. We linger, but God, we're asking now. We're coming boldly before your throne. Lord, to find grace and help in a time of need. God, we need you. We need you. Lord, we need you in our homes. Even as Pastor was praying, we need you, God. Lord, strengthen your people, God, in their innermost being. Lord, we need you, God, in our schools. Lord, may your spirit rise up strong, God, in our students, even as they've gone back to school. Let them stand, oh God, and not be ashamed of you. But let them stand. Lord, we need you, God, in our community. Lord, we need you in our state, oh God. We need you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that you would rise up. Lord, that your church would rise up, God, and walk as you walked. Lord, and that you would draw people, God, by your love and your kindness back to yourself. Lord, pour out your spirit, oh God.
I have a word for my son. And uh, I, we prophesy over our kids regularly, but I, I think there's a double, a double purpose for, for doing what I'm about to do. Because some of you fathers need to see what I'm about to do. Some of you mamas need to see what I'm about to do. You need to do this to your kids. I'm not doing it to blow the horn because it's my own child, although I feel very strong to give a, pub, a corporate word for him. But I think it's also for modeling. You need to prophesy over your babies. You need to prophesy over your kids. You need to speak life to them. And here's what the Lord says, son. Raise your hands to God. Here's what the Lord says. The Lord says, I'm going to put a double portion of that which is on your daddy on you. I'm going to put a double portion upon you. And even as you know how to orchestrate and put together toys and puzzles far beyond your age, I'm going to give you a wisdom of how to put together the lives of people and how to solve problems that are beyond human reasoning. I'm going to anoint you in worship. I'm going to anoint you in preaching even the revelatory word of the Lord. And you're going to be a, a tremendous pastor, says God. You, you told me that yourself. The Lord's coming upon you, and I'm going to guard you. I'm going to protect you. Not one bone will ever be broken. And you will follow me all the days of your life. You will serve in ministry with your daddy, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. All right. You need to speak life over your kids. Life over them. They're world changers. They're not just children. They're, they're, they're world changers. Amen? Come on, put your hands together for God. Come on, give a shout to Jesus tonight. Hallelujah! Amen. Say hi to somebody.
give a shout, clap, holler for God. Amen. Praise the Lord forever and ever. All right. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord Almighty. Almighty. Great announcements. Get involved. Amen. One, I will take a moment. I just feel the wind of the Spirit pushing us along. Our youth group is starting on Tuesday. I just want to apologize for all the adults you're not allowed to go. Sorry. High school and under, all right? And uh, above, what is it, 13? Is that it? 13 to, 13 to 18. So if you're 12, you're out. If you're 19, you're out. And we might make some exceptions, but depending. God brought us a great family. In fact, how many of you are part of a great family? Everybody better raise their hand right now. You better ra- don't Don't make me come down there. I was saying that I was a great family when I was a reject and messed up. I mean, I needed help. I was prophesying. And now I'm now part of a great family. I'm thankful for that. Came from a dysfunctional family, but there was greatness on the inside of us. So you're all part of a great family. Now God brought us to Haggerty's, and so thankful for you, Barry and Jan, and all of your children. And uh, He's going to oversee. Everybody say oversee. I don't know what else to call it because he's just going to sort of be a father in the thing. And it just so happens that his son and a leadership team, everybody say leadership team. Leadership team are going to help us with our youth starts, kicks off, IG, kickoff Tuesday. Pretty much the coolest place on earth from what they tell me. So, whoop. Amen. So that'll be the one announcement that I make. And I just, something's happening here, so I don't want to interrupt it too much. Why don't you just open your hearts if you want to lift your hands, whatever, do whatever feels comfortable. Just invite the presence of the Lord. Come on, invite Him.
Forget about the meal that you're going to eat after or the different stuff that you have. Come on, give God your undivided. Focus on Him right now. Come on, yield to the Spirit of God. I thank you for the prophetic words spoken over this church and for the glory of the Lord is coming as thunder can be heard even all far off in a distance so we sense something in the spirit is heading our way though the beginnings of the rain have come Lord we are looking for a downpour we are looking for a deluge. We are looking, God, for you to break the dam. And we pray into that right now. I pray, God, into the prayers that have gone forth, even for generations before, here in this great state of Alaska, even prior to it becoming a state, prayers that were prayed through a native people who called out unto you. You have a redemptive purpose for our state and for our nation. You have a redemptive plan for us. And you have set us in of this place and set the boundaries even as it is in Acts 17 that we might grope and call for you even though you're not afar off from any one of us. We pray, O oh God, into the prayers that have been prayed. The incense, Lord. The incense that was laid up in heaven. Let the incense bowl be filled. Let it be filled to overflowing and even with peals of thunder and lightning answer in response to the cry of your people. There's so many youth that are even cutting themselves in high schools. There are people that are addicted and lost and blind and hurting. We pray tonight, Lord, that you would come and manifest yourself. That people would know you. Lord, we want to know you in the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. We want to know you. Don't leave us even as Moses said, Lord, show us your glory. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. You said that you would bring us up from this place, but do not send us without your presence. Let your power come. Let your presence be manifested in our homes. Let your glory come, Lord, come. Let your glory come. Let your glory come. Let your glory come, O oh God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say amen. That means you agree. Okay, we're going to take a moment, I think. If I fall out, you just help me, Barry, okay? We're going to take a moment to receive our daily seed. Go back up to the slope, Tom. Oh, we love you. We're going to miss you. You'll be back in a couple weeks. Five weeks. All right, we're going to pray for you as you go out. You're like a missionary. This trip's going to be remarkable.
I'm going to show you signs in the heavens and in the earth below. And I'm going to give you favor. And even as there is an increase in the evangelistic anointing that's upon your life on this last tour, these are really the missionary journeys of Tom Rappi. Begin to keep a journal. And on this tour, I'm going to bring you even to greater intimacy with me, says God. It's going to be deepened. And out of that intimacy is going to throw a flow of fruitfulness. And you're going to touch something. You're going to lead people to Christ. Thank you, God, for the anointing on this man. Make five weeks pass like a day. Use him, God. Keep him safe. We thank you for him. Amen. If you need an envelope, you want to sow a seed into the vision of the King's Cathedral and chapels here in Alaska. Again, we have three churches, one in Delta Junction, one in Anchorage. And of course, you're in the one here in Wasilla. It is our heart to plant a church everywhere that God tells us to. I want you to keep in keep in prayer. We're, we're planning a trip to Kotlik, which is a village. Um, Carol, Pat, Sullivan. Uh, Carol is from the village of Kotlik. We've had a desire to go there for years. And uh, she's actually been and on a journey over there and God used her powerfully with the 21 minutes in hell video and right remember that and uh, there's an assembly of God pastor there happens to be her her brother his name is Pastor Jimmy and um, he's come and he's visited here and we've prophesied over him you remember him usually sits on this side him and his wife so you keep that in prayer probably the third week in October I'll be taking a small team uh, on a on a plane go for a couple days and have revival in Kotlik. Amen. We have a desire to plant a church in Fairbanks, Juneau, the Aleutian Chain. You know, we used to have a small extension in King Salmon. Who remembers that? Who remembers that? It was part of this. Yeah, you remember that? You remember, right? I think God wants us to go back there. I was praying about that. So, you know, we're just going to go everywhere He tells us to. I'll tell you what the challenge is. The challenge is leadership. We just, you know, we need to pray for continued growth of leaders. And God is raining that down on us. Thank you, Jesus. Very thankful for that. All right. You ready? All right. Stand up. Reach your hands out north, south, east, and west. Come on. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for Alaska. We thank you that even in the prayer we prayed, it's your will, your plan, that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. Lord, use the seed that we sow tonight, Lord, to bring forth a harvest of souls, a harvest of righteousness, and a harvest of blessing. God, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise and glory and honor that we even get to be a part of it. Bless the gift of the giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on.
river peace like a river peace like a river peace like a river peace like a river in my soul peace like a river 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 I'm just a worshiping fool. Can't help myself. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Uh, We'll take our tithes now. Man, I got a word from God. Can hardly wait to get to it. Woo! You need an envelope. I know many of you were here this morning. You need an envelope. You haven't tithed yet. Go ahead. Lift your hands and bring that to you. want the blessing of God, God you know, God's blessing comes God's way. That's how it comes. Amen. It's not an accident. You can't trip over it. It's pretty simple. Really. We make the we make the, the kingdom so hard. It's so oh it's so hard to serve God. I'll show you hard, man. It's not hard. Hard is the way of the transgressor. This is not hard. This is the bomb diggity. Anybody know what hard is? Huh? Anybody ever been under the whip of the taskmaster of the enemy? Huh? Hard is being tormented at night. Hard is is not is not having any trust and wringing your hands and worrying. Oh, how am I gonna make it? How am I it? Man, I don't worry about any of that stuff. I got a big, big heavenly father. Big, strong, massive creator of the world. I happen to be his favorite child. Anybody else's favorite? What you got to worry about? Oh gosh, I hope we can make it. I mean, it's just too funny. Amen. Just live for him. Obey him. Live right. Be blessed. Amen. Let it overtake you. Alright. You ready? Let's pray. Father God, I pray for your blessing your power, your anointing, your favor to come upon your people. I pray for bonuses, raises, promotions, inheritances, supernatural favor, witty inventions, and ideas. Houses that we didn't build, vineyards that we didn't plant. Blessed that we might be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. Singing, oh, happy day, come happy on. day, you wash my sin away. Oh, happy day, happy day, I'll never be saved.
to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thess, chapter 2. As I preach to you a message entitled, The Big Fat Hairy Lie. Big Fat Hairy Lie, that is the name of the message. Everybody say it. Big Fat Hairy Lie. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Are you ready? Here we go. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy or report or letter supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Do not let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you all of these things. And now you know what is holding him back so that He may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till He is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of His mouth and destroy by the splendor of His coming. Woo-hoo! Woo! Oh, I'm just going to take a moment. Woo! Somebody say woo! Verse 9. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceive those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the big, fat, hairy lie. So they will believe the lie. Verse 12. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Come on, God. Speak to us, your people. Speak to your church, your bride, your called out ones, the ecclesia. Speak to us tonight through your holy word. Move in power. Change us. Take a call from your altar and place it upon my lips as I preach. May it burn in the hearts of all of us. Take your finger and write on the fleshly tablets of our heart more than just notes being taken with a pen and paper. Come and write upon our hearts that we might never be the same, that we might be changed because of the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There have been all kinds of false claims about the return of Jesus. 
for many, many, many years. In 1970, I'm reminded of my spiritual father, Dr. Morocco, 1970, was holding a meeting, very well-known prophet, whom you all know. I'm not telling you his name, but you, all of you that have been in the Lord a while would know who he is. And he prophesied in 1970 that Jesus would come back in 1980. Got news for you. He missed it. Because the Lord didn't come back in 1980. There was a book that was printed. 88 reasons the Lord's coming back in 1988. Guess what? Thank God He didn't. Not have gone straight to hell. <laughs> come on, somebody thankful He didn't come back yet? I am. Man, we're just getting started. And over all the years, the church has made predictions of Christ's coming. And basically, we're not supposed to do that. Jesus said, no man knows the time, the date, nobody knows. Those things are subject to the Father. He knows. So Paul, here in the text that we looked at, reveals deception in two ways. The first one is the deception of the church at the com- at the Lord's concerning the Lord's coming. You see, remember I told you that when you read the epistles, it's like listening to a one-way telephone conversation. So he's writing because somebody's lied to the church of Thessalonica in Greece. So there's a deception. And Paul reveals deception two ways concerning the church and His coming and the deception of the world by the Antichrist. So there's the two things that he talks about in those 12 verses that we looked at. Let's, let's look at the text. Come on, look at with me. I'm going to teach you a little bit. The church is unsettled and anxious because someone lied to them that Paul had prophesied or written that the day of the Lord had come. Someone lied. I hate that. Isn't it irritating when somebody lies? Somebody lied to them. And he was correcting it. So what's that have to do with today? Because there's modern versions of the same stupidity, the big, fat, hairy lie. Really? Yes. Let me read to you some. Our Jehovah's Witness friends, Charles T. Russell, said in 1874 that Jesus would come on October 1st, 1914. How many of you know Jesus did not come on October 1st, 1914? He was replaced by a man by the name of Judge Rutherford who said that Jesus came and set up His throne already. Other groups have said the same thing, made predictions, and they didn't come to pass. And they make up some strange theology after that to cover themselves up about their prediction that was incorrect. And the same thing was happening happening in the church of Thessalonica. The very same thing. Somebody lied to them. That the Lord had already come and they were left. There's a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of deception out there. So I thought I'd preach a message called the Big Fat Hairy Lie to help you to know when Jesus is going to return. Is this is he going to return now? Not yet. How do you know? Because there's certain things that we just read in this text that haven't happened. Could they happen tonight? Yes. <laughs> hey. You say you're making me nervous. Good. Praise the Lord, because you're supposed to live like He can come back in the next second. 
and plan like he's not coming for the next hundred years. I know people that don't get any life insurance because they say, well, Jesus is coming back. That's stupid. Foolish is the biblical word. Foolish. Same thing happened in Thessalonica. They were all unsettled. The word, the Greek word for unsettled is a picture of a ship that's been loosed from its moor. It's just bopping around in the current. That's the picture that the church was. They were unsettled. Look, if you don't know the truth, you'll be like a ship that gets turned loose and you got no mooring. The truth will hold you. Thy word is a lamp unto a feet and a light upon our path. The, the truth will, will direct you. If, you. if you live and you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, He will direct you. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He will make your paths straight. Not unsettled, not like a ship bouncing around in the ocean, straight and settled. And so the church of Thessalonica, and that's where this, this is... Second, first and second Thessalonians. A Thessalonian is someone who lives in Thessalonica. I visited there when I was a young man a few years ago. Beautiful place. But they were lied to. And they were really freaked out about it. Paul says two things in this text. Two things must happen before the coming of Christ. So this is a message on the second coming of the Lord. Two things. Everybody say two things. Two things have got to happen. If you, I, I, I wish I had notes to give to you, but I hope you take them. Two things must take place before the return of Jesus. The apostasy, I'll define that in a minute. The apostasy and the, must take place and the man of sin is revealed. Now, apostasy is a military term for a defector or, or, or those who are a part of a rebellion. It's a Greek translation. And, 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 I mean, you, let me say it this way. Apostasy is someone, is someone who was once serving and they turn. So what that means is, in, scripturally, is that somebody who once lived for God with all their heart, but now they have turned, they have rebelled. In other words, they're not a part of the army anymore. They're a defector. There is coming a day, people, where there will be a great turning away. What do you mean? I mean people who once served God. People who were once on fire, tongue-talking, prophesying, leading people to Jesus, reading their Bible every day in church, loving God. They turn and no longer serve Him. And they become apostate. That ought to freak you out. He said, that doesn't freak me out. I'm always going to serve God. I'm never going to turn my back on Him. He's my Lord and He's my Savior. Can I tell you something? I wrote a poem that I have to get from my father. All right, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see him. My mama's getting married. I'm flying down to Florida in October. I'm going to perform a wedding for my mama who's getting married. She's like 74 and marrying a 78-year-old guy. and You know, it's just totally awesome. It's really great. She's like in love. I'm having to counsel her. No, it's crazy. This is crazy. I, I just need to say this because this like, kind of boggled my mind. I'm 44. I'm talking to the guy, and he's saying, and don't worry, uh, young man, we're keeping both feet on the ground. I'm all, oh, Jesus' name. 78. Okay, some of you like have no idea what that means, but some of you do. I'm like, that's good. Praise God. I'm so glad to hear that. At that indication, I then talked to my mother and gave her counsel like she was a teenager. 
with respect and honor. Anyway, I wrote talking about apostasy. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm on fire for God. I don't have compromise in my life. I live holy. I don't just watch stuff. I really do wholeheartedly live for God with all my heart. And when I'm messed up, I repent. And, and the mess-ups that I go through now are like the sin of irritation, being crabby with my kids, not being as good a husband, not loving my wife like Christ loved the church. I'm not talking about some big sin I got because I don't have any of that. I wouldn't go back to that. You'd shoot, have to shoot me first. I would never go back to that mess. No how. Why would I trade for that? Why would I do that? What, what, what kind of a deal is that? It's like, here's the turd sandwich. Would you like it? No, thanks. Why not? I, I got, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Why would I want to buy to that? That's what sin is to me. It's like a joke. It doesn't allure me. However, here's what sobers me. We're talking about two things that got to take place before Jesus returns. Apostasy, the first one. Here's what sobers me. I got saved before I, before I met my wife, and I was on fire. And I mean the kind of on fire that I would just witness and get people saved everywhere that I went. I wrote a poem, and I sent it to my father, and he kept it. And I wish I could remember it. I'm going to try to get it because I'm going to frame it and put it in my house. Because the poem is like this anointed, I mean, God-breathed poem. I mean, I'm not going to call it Scripture, but it was inspired from the Holy Spirit. It really was. And it said something like, I am through with false gods and smooth knees. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to give my heart to Christ every day of my life, and I will never turn back. I will never hold back. I will surrender my body to the flames if need be. God has my life, and I am never turning back. It's, it's this whole thing. I mean, it's like long. And it's just like you read it, and all your hair stands on end when you read it. Now, I wrote that, and I sent it to my father, who didn't believe that I was changed. Because I was a, I mean, I was like, dude, I was rough. I don't know where you came from, but I crawled out of, I crawled out of some hole. I was a hardcore drug addict. I mean, hardcore drug addict. I lived in the streets of Manhattan for a time. I lived in, in Seattle, in the streets of Seattle for a period of time. And I lived in the streets of Los Angeles for a period of time. Each one of those times, I would do geographical moves to get away from myself. However, everywhere you go, there you are. I couldn't get away from myself. And all of a sudden, the same circumstances, the same mess. I was like a magnet for, a magnet for accidents and problems and Somehow God spared my life. And it's my testimony, I could tell you about how God intervened, angelic intervention, how guns were put to my head and they didn't go off. I could tell you over and over, I have more, had more knives and guns put to my head. I cannot even count them all. I can't count them all. Amen. Thank you, dude. I start sharing my testimony and I get instantaneously drunk in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so I have to be careful. Not to go too deep, because I'll drop out somewhere. So thankful. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Oh, I was lost, but now I now I see. I was blind. This is not a game to me. I don't do what I do because I have a job. 
This is my life. I am saved on fire in love with God and it's not going to cool off by His grace. Because here's the thing. I wrote that poem. I was winning souls. I was prophesying on fire, memorizing Scripture, uncompromised. And I backslid so bad. I turned my back on Him full-hearted. Turned my back on Him, flipped Him the single-finger salute, and walked on into my old life. Don't you tell me that that can't happen to you, because if you think it can't happen to you, it's probably already started. Apostasy. That's why we need to have relationships with people that hold your shut-up card. People to be able to help you. You're weird. No, I'm not. You're weird. No, if you have somebody in your life who really knows you, who you really respect, you need to listen to them. You need to have people like that. You're not a law unto yourself. No man is an island. So this apostasy before the coming of the Lord The apostasy will take place. There is going to come a time when people are on fire, serving the Lord, turn from Him, and go headlong into the world. Now listen to me, all of you youth, and all of you under the sound of my voice. If that happens to you, listen to me. If that happens to you, do not join the army. If the rapture takes place, and I'm getting ahead of my message a little bit, but if the rapture takes place, and you know it, and you're here, and you're left, do not join the army. Why not? Because you'll find yourself fighting against God. You're freaking me out. Good! There is coming an apostasy. And the second thing that has to happen is the man of sin is revealed. The man of sin or Antichrist will be revealed. Now the other thing you see, apostasy and the man of sin is revealed. The second thing you see that's got to take place before the coming of Christ is the restraining influence. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. What verse? The restraining influence will be removed. Now, this could be two things. It could be government. Then what are you talking about? If there's an atomic war, if there's if there's if there is nuclear warfare that takes place and governments destroyed, there then comes this lawlessness. That could be the restraining the restraining influence. Could be. Everybody say could be. The other thing it could be is it could be the Holy Spirit's work through the church. He said, what are you talking about? God, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is also God, uses the church. We are a restraining force in the earth. And I'm going to tell you, the church has got to stand up right now. You better vote. So help you God, you better vote Tuesday. Get out and vote. It's, I'm telling you, it is a sin if you don't vote on Tuesday. I don't care what you say. Well, I'm hiding because I don't want to get caught for income tax. Repent. You live in this country. You don't like it. Move. You've got to vote Tuesday. I, 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 I don't know what to vote. See, Edna, she'll help you out, hook you up, right? We got some stuff back there, I think. Yeah. Vote yes on two. 
What is that? Don't worry about it. Just do it. Amen. No, you need to be an informed voter. Now, we have, there's all kinds of IRS laws and stuff that we can't endorse people. But let me just tell you, I don't really care. You better get out and vote for, vote on the issues. Just vote straight Republican. There's some stupid Republicans. Or Democrat. Come on, you need to vote the issues. You need to know what we're voting for. Get involved. You don't know? Go to the post office. Pick up a voter's thing and vote. If you don't, it's sin. All right? Now, if you blow it and you forget, just quick to repent and make sure you vote next time you get a shot. But I'm trying to push you. Do it. The reason we're in a mess is people have not voted. Really, the church has sat on the sideline. And meanwhile, we've killed a whole generation through abortion and stuff. My gosh. We should have been standing up a long time ago. I hope to God that we don't have to become like Uganda before we have a great revival. Some of you don't even know what happened in Uganda. Uganda is now having revival all over, but it was a great genocide before that, people. So the restraining influence will be removed. What are we talking about? We're talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus. The second coming of Christ will not happen until, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the second coming of Christ will not happen until the apostasy takes place. In other words, the church, a portion of the church, turns their back and you see a great falling away. It's called the apostasy. And the man of sin is revealed. That's the Antichrist. He shows up. We could be alive today. You say, who is he? I don't know. It's a mistake to try to figure that out. And, and the restraining influence, verse 7, is removed. Which could be government, but it could be the Holy Spirit's work through the church. You say, well, what are you saying? Don't get, don't get locked in. If you think you've figured it out, i got news for you. Just get a tenuous view. What does that mean? Be flexible. You think you figured out with the Antichrist? You probably haven't. Don't, you know, lock in on things that are clear. You can get really tweaked with all of this stuff. But I felt an obligation pastorally to teach you this to you tonight. What do you mean tweaked? I know people that have absolutely gone bent on pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib stuff. They just focus on it. They read on it. They listen to, they listen to the, all kinds of the, the, the 77 weeks. And they just freak out on end-time stuff. It just so focused. They never win anybody to Christ. They lost their joy. They got no fire, no power. And they're all freaked out about the end of the world. I've got news for you. I don't know if it's pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I'm pan. It's going to pan out. I'm just going to love God, ain't going to worry about it, going to go after Jesus, going to Shandai Shuba with a bam bam till Jesus comes. I ain't going to keep my heart right. I'm going to go after God. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give. I'm going to witness. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to stand. And having done all else, I'll continue to stand. I'm going to resist the devil. He's going to flee. The greater one's going to live on the inside of me. I'm going to raise my family for the glory of God. So help me, God. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to worry about it. Don't worry about when Jesus is coming. Oh, it's the end of the world. It's end times, man. It's end times. Yeah, it's end times. It was end times from when He died on the cross and rose again. That's when the end times started. Alright, God's speaking to us. Be humble. Look, the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's what you saw, that little righteous dance thing. 
Humble doesn't mean you fold your hands and let everybody step all over you. Some of you need some boldness. You know, if you've ever seen a really timid lady with a with a with her little little baby at Fred Meyer, maybe she's so shy. She's so shy. She's so quiet. She's like a little church mouse. And she pushes along and oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. And she's so quiet. Mess with her baby. You mess with her baby, you will watch Miss Quiet become very unquiet. Yeah, you need to realize the hour that we're in. It'll give you boldness. Some of you need to put some people in their place, man. Get them out of your life. That's the whole circumcision thing. You need to cut them off. Come on, go like it. Cut them off. <laughs> hey, all right. Everybody say be humble. Got to keep a humble view of the end. Don't be so cocky. Much hurt's been done by predicting the end of the world. Much, much, much hurt has been done in churches, but church has been done in people's lives by predicting the second coming of Christ. The end. You, mo, I, I, show of hands. Who knows what Y2K was? Look around. Everybody look around. Go ahead. Is that crazy? Like Y2 what? Y2K. Remember the binary digit thing? You remember? Oh, yeah. Whoa. When it goes into the year 2000, then the computers aren't going to be able to figure it out. And, and, and it's the end. It's the beast. It's the mark. It's Satan. It's coming. Better store up your food. Better get like 15 years of food. Get a generator. Hey, hey. Big, a big tank of gas outside the back. You get some barbed wire, some razor band. Put it all around your house. Because you see the world. Man, Y2K came and left, and people don't even know what it is. Throughout history, they did the same thing. Oh, 2012. I'm so nervous. Nostradamus, my foot. I mean, who cares? Give me a break. There's Christians that are freaked out about the year 2012. Who cares? I can see I'm irritating some religious 2012ers. Okay. Oh, you should see what I get to preach to. You should see some of the faces I get. The Lord spoke to me himself. Shut up. Look, if the Lord told you he's coming in 2012... It wasn't God. Why? Because no man knows. Here he said. No man knows. Are you a man? Mankind. Any mankind here? Any human beings in here? Good. Well, you don't know then. All right. You qualify for being somebody that won't know. Okay. Don't yield. This is important. Don't yield to the temptation of picking the Antichrist. I've actually had people say, I know who he is. Obama. Oh, yeah, and I've seen these videos that, like, do numbers and stuff with his name and, and, and you know, then make it. He's a 666, man. He's Obama. Don't yield to the temptation of picking the Antichrist. 
Well, there's four basic scriptures concerning the Antichrist. Note takers, write them down. Here they are. Are you ready? All you note taking people. 1 John 2.18, 1 John 2.22, 1 John 2 what? All you note takers, if you got a Bible, hold it up. I'm going to see who memorized it. Okay, Bo, Hope, Gunner, guys, get your Bible. All right, all right. We preach it. We're not, come on, I don't have an encyclopedia tonight. You got a Bible? Come on, you got a Bible? All right. Hey, ah, ah, you got one? Hey, come on. Hey, who's got a Bible? All right. If you remember. Hey, you say, I got it on my PDA. Good. All right. Now, for those of you that memorized it, if you'd come and pray for me at the end of service, that I might have that same gift. Four basic scriptures concerning the Antichrist. 1 John 2.18 1 John 2.22 and 1 John 4.3. And they're really more concerned with people's belief system than really with the Antichrist. You'll find a scripture, 2 John 7. John uses the word Antichrist. Paul uses the word man of sin. Same thing. In, in 2 Thessalonians, Paul uses the word man of sin. Man of what? Man of sin. But John uses the word Antichrist. They're synonymous. They're the same. There's some other texts you want to read them. Daniel chapter 7, verses 7 through 21. Matthew 24, verse 5, just to name a few. Now, over the years, the church has tried to pinpoint the Antichrist. All right? Nero. Through which, numerologically, we got 666 from, from Nero. 64 A.D., he started to persecute the church in Rome because he burned down a portion of the city in Rome so he could rebuild it. And everybody got totally upset at him. And his mistress said, just blame the Christians. Don't take the hit for that, Nero. His mistress, Jezebel, by another name, I'm sure. Just blame the Christians. So they blamed the Christians and they ended up, they ended this massive persecution. It was horrible. He was said to be the Antichrist. The Antichrist. The actual man of sin. Was he? He had an Antichrist spirit. Was powerfully used by the enemy, no doubt about it. Was he the man of sin? No. Domitian in, in 90 A.D. He was worshipped. They said that he was the Antichrist. Some have said that Muhammad was the Antichrist. Napoleon Bonaparte was the Antichrist. Napoleon III, Kaiser Wilhelm, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, and Idi Amin. They were all said to be the Antichrist. They all operated, I believe, with the Antichrist spirit. However, they weren't the Antichrist, the man of sin. All of these individuals are like prototypes. So you've got to keep a humble, a humble stance on history. Understand that the church has already tried to figure it out. Generations gone by for thousands of years, they've tried to pick who the Antichrist is. You're not going to you know, you're not going to figure it out. So if you think it's Obama, you better just change your mind and start praying for our president. We have a moment in history that won't come again. Don't get locked into thinking that you know what's up. We must live in the light of the second coming. I want you to say that. Live in the light of the second coming. Understand that the second coming is absolutely reality and that, and that you need to live in the light of it. You see, the thing is, is that these, for all we know, there already is an apostasy taking place. Look, let me just mess you up. For all we know, there already is this great apostasy that is taking place. I don't think so, but maybe. And, 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 and the man of sin, maybe he's going to be revealed and call himself God. 
any time now. Just talk about the temple. So there's a picture that the temple's got to be rebuilt and things like that. There's definitely some... It alludes to that, and he's going to stand up in the temple and say, I'm God. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. Well, there is no temple. There's no temple now, but they're putting it together. So all of these things could quickly come to a close, and, and Jesus could come back. So you've got to live in the light of that truth. Come on, somebody. Say amen. amen. Second Peter 3, verse 11 says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy, godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed His coming. Wow. That day will bring about destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. See, we're supposed to, you can live in such a way to hasten the coming of the Lord. You can live in such a way. I, th I think about it like this. Did you eat when the church gets so on fire and so in love with God and so raptured in His beauty and His majesty and His splendor, so consumed with the fire that's in His eyes and the passion of His love for us, when we have a revelation of that, when that comes to us and comes to the church, and they're, they're, the, the church begins to cry out and long for Him like that and live like that every day, I think it's like this. I think Jesus is just like, come on, Dad, come on, i got to get my bride, i got to get my bride, where's my horse? Where? And He throws that long Galilean leg over that white stallion and rides out of heaven to come get us. That's how I think it is. I think he's just be like, he just can't take it. We're so in love with him and so crazy over him that he finally jumps on his stallion and rides out with King of Kings and Lord of Lords on his thigh. That's how I think it is. There's a war going on and it's going to heat up, people. We're at war. It's not going to get any better. This Iran, Iran thing freaks me out a little bit. Because everything that I've seen by, you know, a Bonadonna job or whatever his name is. Yeah, I know his name. I'm just messing around. You know, I mean, he just wants to blow Israel off the map. He already said it. So if he gets nuclear power, I mean, if he gets nuclear power and nuclear capabilities, and now he has this, this unmanned bomber thing, you know, what do you think he's going to do? Seems to me he's pretty clear on what he said he's going to do. He's going to, he's, going to nuke, he's going to nuke Israel. That's why they're talking about doing a preemptive strike. Look, I'm telling you something. Now, if that happens and Russia gets involved, I'm going to tell you something. We're close, baby. We're close. Some of you just picking your nose, waiting for your next paycheck. You don't even realize that the end of time is upon us. Did he say pick my nose? Yes, I did. Spiritually speaking. You didn't know there could be spiritual nose pickers, but there are. Verse 8. <laughs> Look at verse 8. We win. Everybody say win. We win. Make another point. Don't be a wimp. Maybe I should say don't be a nose picker. I mean, don't be a wimp. Everybody say don't be a wimp. God's looking for people to be strong. Don't fade. Don't freak out. Don't live in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Don't worry. 
It's people that there are people that work out physical workouts and will not miss ever. They will not miss. And as a result, they get the results of that. Through that commitment, they get the results of that. And yet, it amazes me that people don't put that kind of effort towards learning the Word, put that kind of effort towards living for God, put that kind of effort towards prayer and spending time with the one who's the one who made them. I mean, it's so sad, and I've been guilty of that myself. God help me. You're going to like this, Tom. All weightlifters will like this story. Anybody ever lift weights, work out? You'll like this. Okay. How many of you know what the strength team is? Okay. Now, I don't know exactly which team it was, and I'm not going to say which team it was, even if I did know, but I don't know. I don't remember. But we used to have the, the, these guys that come to do these feats of strength. Like bats and chew on nails and stuff. You know, bench press gazillion pounds with you know, lying on a bed of nails. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Well, this blew my mind. This blew my mind right here. And and they're powerfully using this stuff. But I I watched... <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. I watched the wives, okay? The wives of these massive dudes. We're talking... Ma- you thought I was big? No, way bigger. It's a joke. I'm talking... Bigger than Tom. Huge. Everybody say huge. Come on, say like huge. Enormous. Veins everywhere. I'm talking huge to huge. All natural though. And as I watched them coming out, I watched the wives carrying all the luggage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking big, you know, big luggage. And this is like, this is years ago before we had a lot of wheels and stuff. You had to carry your stuff. Anybody remember those days? I mean, they're just like, you know, carrying big luggage. There's these massive guys, these little petite wives, and all the wives are carrying the luggage. And I'm thinking, (laughs) what's the deal? And so I inquired. I, I just said, so, uh, you know, I notice, you know, I notice, uh, you know, your wives are, and I tried to say it nicely because I just couldn't believe it. I said, what kind of a jerk would do that? Anyway, I notice your wives are carrying your bags. Yeah, well, well we're saving our strength for our workout. <sighs> because if we carry the luggage, you know, you know, Lose my energy for my workout. There are people that are so focused like that, but they don't do that towards God. It's all the flesh. It's just amazing to me. Everybody say, don't pick your nose. Amen. Don't be a spiritual whip. Don't be like that. Let me move to the next point. Understand how deception takes place, all right? And then we're going to close. 
Satan's a great counterfeiter. Now, counterfeiters don't make $3 bills. Does anybody know why they don't make $3 bills? Because there is no such thing as a $3 bill. There just is no, there are none. Why would you make one? Everybody we know would be fake, right? The Greek word is parsia. It's, it's a word for coming. There's going to come a revealing of counterfeit signs and wonders. And it is one of the ways that Satan will, will lead people astray. Are you saying that Satan can do a counterfeit healing? He does it all the time. I've known people say, well, I went and saw this psychic palm reader, and she knew everything in my life, and then she gave me a healing. I had a problem in my elbow. Don't you tell me that that's not real. It sure is, you idiot. <laughs> my wife's not here. Let me, hold, let me rephrase that. Let me, let me come back here. Of course it's real, brethren. It's real, yeah. Because what the enemy tries to do is exactly like salmon fishing. Yeah, he puts little beads on there, ties a little piece of yarn, and gets a big old treble hook. And he casts that out there. And he reels it in, and the salmon swimming up thinks it's an egg. Thinks it's a real thing. And he gets hooked. So what the devil tries to do is, of course, he'll bring a healing through somebody who's doing a palm reading. Why? So that you think that's truth. He mixed a little truth in. He doesn't come with a pitchfork and big old red ears and horns and go, Oh, I've come to be seized. Yeah, because we don't go, It's the devil! The what you do. So he doesn't show up like that. He comes as an angel of light, Scripture says. So he'll do a miracle, he'll do a sign, he'll do a wonder to get you to bite the treble hook. And reel you in. And take you deeper and deeper into deception. Even though there might be some truth mixed in with it. Any spirit that comes that does not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. You have an angel that shows up that wants to talk to you and says, bow down and worship me. Tell him to hit the road in Jesus' name. I don't care how glorious it is. Your curtain's blowing straight up in your room. All your hair is standing on end. Your body gets healed. You feel rejuvenated. If it tells you to worship Him, you tell it to leave. It's from hell. Satan's a great counterfeiter. And we allow Satan's power by choosing to yield to evil. You yield to evil, you can end up in deception, ladies and gentlemen. Remember I told you how I kind of went apostate, right? I turned my back. I will tell you how it happened. I became a student of backsliding. I did it three times. Once, very major. The other two was like minor backslides. It was like minor and major prophets. I don't know. One was like really bad. One was like I totally hated God kind of thing. 
Uh, the other one I just had compromised. I say I really turned my back from the Lord fully, as far as I know, once. But I really ate it a number of times. I'm talking being on fire and turned. Let me tell you how it happened. Every one of those times it happened through a little bit of compromise and through deep hurt. Through deep hurt, like I had this picture that God had to come through for me on this particular thing. And, and He was going to come through. I mean, I knew He did. I prayed. I fasted. I did the 21-day fast thing. I had prophecies. I prophesied over myself. You know, I skipped to the loo, my darling. I did it all. And then, right up to the door, right to the moment, it didn't happen. And not only didn't happen, it, I mean, I just got wrecked. I was train wrecked by what, what took place. You want to know what it is? Should I tell you? Being that I wear my emotions on my sleeve, I'll tell you. Prior to meeting Karen, I, I, I was married. And uh, I, w- I wound up divorced. I was a wicked, evil man. And I was definitely worthy of divorce, for sure. But after I got saved, I got really on fire. I mean, like, really, really on fire. I, mean, I was so gratefully saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And I just knew that I had to go back and put my marriage back together. I knew that I did. I knew I couldn't not do that. I had to do it. And I knew that I could. I knew I could do anything with God. I had God. Every devil had to run. I was going to go get all my old drug addict friends saved. I was going to hit the street, get everybody saved. I was just going to go crazy and have be a, a one-man wrecking crew revivalist. I showed up to try to put things back together with my wife, ex-wife. And what happened is a total nightmare. I had the cops called on me, my kids. I had two, two daughters. They're now 20 and 21 years old. I still don't get to see them because of my past. Well, you can be forgiven, but you still have to pay sometimes. Yeah, there's consequences for your actions, people. Oh, you'd be forgiven, sure, but you still, you still are going to have consequences. And, I'm, and I thank God for the consequences that he saved me from. And there will be a day where they'll be in my church and maybe you'll be here and you'll cry with me. There'll be a day when they, when they follow Christ and they come home, and I believe it'll be here when I'm in Alaska. If you're part of the church and serving God with us, you'll see it happen, and you'll know that there's a God in heaven who brings all things together for good. Everything in my life has been redeemed and restored, every single relationship but those two, and it's coming. Because in the last days, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers. I'm just preaching to myself right now. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, and he's going to restore. He's going to do it. Amen. That's just what he does. Might take a little while. That's going to happen. When I went through that deep hurt, knowing that God was going to do that for me, knowing that nothing was impossible for God, and when it didn't happen the way that I thought, that I knew, that I knew, that I knew, that God was going to come through for me, and that didn't happen, and I knew that it wasn't going to happen at that point, I said then, you obviously don't love me. Bye-bye. Oh, he kept me, though. Compromise will creep in. You begin to compromise. And I'm going to tell you, it can start with a video, people. It can start with a song. It can start with a relationship. It can start with flirting, ladies and gentlemen. It can start with the smallest things begin to get you to compromise. And before you know it, the enemy will have you. Come here, Tom. Let me Help me out. It's like this. You compromise. Just face everybody. It's kind of like this. You just get... It just gets a small piece of you. You really can't feel that. Can you feel that? Not really. Okay. But then you compromise a little bit more, and it gets just a little bit more of you. Your heart begins to cool. But you compromise and say, well, the Lord knows my heart. He's working it all out. It's really not all that bad. And then before you know it, it's like this. 
And then before you know it, he's got your whole jersey. But you're all right, because God loves you, and he's going to work it out, and it's going to be okay. And you, and you continue to move forward. And then the next thing is, he's pushing you around, but you're fighting it. But your heart's not like we're the place that it was anymore. And before you know it, you've got your head against a curb, and the devil's kicking the back of it to try to knock your teeth out. That's how it is. And it starts very small. Very small. Well, I know. Uh, so, hey, I can serve God and smoke dope. What's the big deal? I'm not smoking as much as I used to. I'm not talking about myself. Don't look at me like you're all crazy. What's up? All right, so I get drunk every so often. I'm not talking about myself either. I'm just talking about some of the things that people say. Why, why, why can't I do that? Like, your, your heart, I've got to close. But deception can come. Listen to me. Listen. Listen really good. Your heart, you don't know how to turn your heart. And there could be one thing, just one thing, the heart is deceitfully wicked. And you can take that little extra step, that little drink, that little toke, that little look. And it's that one more thing that can cause your heart to turn just that much. And you to begin to turn your back on the Lord and begin to go headlong into the stuff that He delivered you from. And you could say it never can happen, but I've got news flash for every one of you in here, those that will listen by podcast and those online. Every one of us can be picked off. Everyone. And that's why you need to hold yourself. Keep your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Be diligent in the way that you live. Understand that the coming of the Lord is upon us. It really is. And the enemy, he's releasing you know, false signs and wonders. Micah, would you come? He's releasing these things. There's a strong deception that's out there. Don't you live your life based on just a vision and a dream you have. That is foolish. You live your life based on this, ladies and gentlemen, not your emotions. And when you have dreams and visions that line up and they're in accordance with this, well, praise the Lord. But then you get a wisdom of a multitude of counsel. You don't do this thing on your own because the devil is a mean, bad, ugly, fat, hairy liar. He wants to rob you of everything in your life. I safely can say that Jesus has not come the second time yet. But he's coming. He'll be coming round the mountain when he comes. He'll be coming round the mountain when he comes. He'll be coming round the mountain. He'll be coming round the mountain. He'll be coming round the mountain. He's coming. Stand up on your feet. You get something from God? I really enjoyed preaching to you tonight. I can feel your hunger. Bless me. He'll be coming round the mountain when he comes. He'll be coming round the mountain when he comes. He'll be coming round the mountain. He'll be coming round the mountain. He'll be coming round the mountain. You better turn or you're gonna burn. You're Come on, just lift your hands to Jesus. Examine your heart. Come on. Come on, take a look. How you doing? How you, how you living for God? Get 100% for Jesus right now. Some of you don't know the Lord. You need to give your heart to Him tonight. 
not talking about joining a church. I'm talking about joining His church, the church, the body. About receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. All across this place, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? Or you want to make a recommitment? If that's you, wave at me. You want to give your heart to Jesus? Where are you at? Online, maybe. Wave. You want to get right with God? Hey, talk later. Yeah, talking to you. All right. I'm talking. That's your clue not to. All right, just like a teacher. Amen. I love you. Praise God. You want to get right with God? Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Eyes bowed. Heads closed. Just kidding. If you're not right with God and you die, God forbid you get in a car crash tonight. Do you know for sure whether you're going to go to heaven? You say, well, I hope so. That's not good enough. The only way you can get to heaven is by receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. By asking Him to come into your life, to be your Lord, to forgive you, to wash you and to cleanse you. You can't be good enough. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. Have you ever lied? Yes, that makes you a liar. You ever stolen? Yes, that makes you a thief. You ever lusted? Yes, Jesus said that makes you an adulterer. You ever blasphemed? Probably right before church, some of you. You've already broken the five of the Ten Commandments right there. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus tonight. You're serious about it. Every eye closed. Lift your hands to God right now. Where are you? One, two, come on. Anybody else? Three, all the way in the back. You're serious. Want to give your heart to Jesus. All right. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Let's all pray this right out loud. Everybody right out loud say, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And thank you for loving me. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, fill and touch each and every one. Break every bondage. Break every chain. Help them to forgive and to let go. To trust you. Give them a hunger for your word. A hunger for the things of God. A hunger for the presence of God. A hunger for fellowship with other believers. Liberate them from the world. In the name of Jesus. One more, one more thing I want to pray for. Come on, lift your hands all the way across this place. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would allow us to be who we need to be. Clear-minded and self-controlled. That we'd not be deceived by counterfeits. That we would live circumspectly, even speeding, even speeding your coming. We'd live in such a way that would hasten your coming. And we thank you that you're in control. Come on, say, God, you're in control. God, you're in control of everything. Of everything. Every single thing, you're in control. And we are your children. And we don't have to worry. Lead us and guide us as we prepare for the coming of the Lord. As we prepare for the great, the great day of your return. May we live like you're coming at any moment. live holy lives spotless 
blameless. May we be consumed with passion for you. We thank you. And all of that is from you, that you do that in us. Keep us from de- de- from deception and delusion, from selfish pride and envy and the works of the flesh. We thank and praise you. That he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. If you know the song, we're going to sing it and then I'll close formally. Acapella. He who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you, he'll be faithful to complete it. He'll be faithful to complete it. He who started a work will be faithful to complete it in you. Maranatha, come. Maranatha means come. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Would you say that? Maranatha. Ready? One, two, three. Maranatha. Take somebody by, somebody by the hand. Hallelujah. Now next Sunday night, Reverend Haggerty is going to be preaching. So you come, you bring somebody. It's going to be off the off the hook. It's going to be coming. Be preaching Sunday night too. So I'll be on an airplane, but we'll see you Tuesday night. Amen. Sunday morning. You be involved in all the different things that are taking place. Vote on Tuesday, won't you? Vote. Let God use you that way. There's so much at stake. Vote on Tuesday. Tuesday night, all the youth. What's up? All the youth. Tuesday night, group starts. Come on, it's going to be awesome. I'm telling you. IG, Tuesday night. We'll worship in here, and then we'll head to send you up after about 15 minutes of worship. It's going to be great. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you did tonight. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. Bring us back Tuesday night for revival, I pray. Signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Your power, your name being manifested and glorified above all. In Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord.